Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Speakernomics Podcast, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, Robert Kennedy III, RK3. That's me. Speakernomics is the show where we flow and go and help you to know how to grow a thriving speaking business. Why? So you can change the world, of course. Now, join me for that journey, will you? Today, we're talking about the lab, the relevance lab. What can you do to create revenue and relevance at the same time without ripping and rolling and running out of breath? Well, guess what? Our guest today has the answer. We're going to talk about how having a revenue generating podcast has been revolutionary in his business as a professional speaker and how you can turn your podcast into a revenue generator. Are you ready for this? Our guest today is Bill Cates. Bill, what's the deal, my friend? Man, I don't know how you do all that alliteration all in one time. Relevance, relevance. <laughs> <laughs> You must do a warm-up before these podcasts, my friend. Uh, love the intro. Thank you. <laughs> Doing great. Excellent. Man, yeah, I think I drink a lot of water and do some tongue stretches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to see that. Uh-oh. All right. All right. All right, Bill. Well, listen, you've done this before. As a matter of fact, you did this. When we were doing this as CDs, Voices of Experience, sorry, sorry, buddy, I didn't mean to out you. Will you, will you please forgive me for outing you? <laughs> you outed me, yes. We, I, it used to be called Voices of Experience, uh, hour-long programs, interviewed a lot of people, loved doing it. And I like the new version now that Tom Singer started and, and you're continuing. Yeah. It's wonderful. Love it. Excellent. All right. So what is the one super valuable gold nugget that you brought with you today for our listeners? Yeah. One of the things I want to bring out today is that not only can you use the podcast for revenue and for relevance, which we'll talk about, but also you can add it to your speaking. There's a way to connect your podcast to your speaking to bring more value to your client and create kind of a synergistic exponential benefit. And we'll get into that today. Ooh, yeah, I want to hear about that. Sweet. So before we get to the top of the hill with Bill, I just want to remind you to hop on over to the Speakernomics voicemail box. Every week we ask a question and we like to play your answers on the show or just to hear from you in general. So head on over to Speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail. That's Speakernomics.com forward slash voicemail and we'll play your message on the show. So listen out for today's question just a little bit later and then head on over to the link with your computer or your mobile device speaker economics.com forward slash voicemail and let your voice be heard. All right, let's get into it today. Our guest, Bill Cates, is 
a six-time author, OMG, a founding member of the NSA Million Dollar Speakers Group, a Hall of Fame speaker. He's been featured in Success, Selling Power, Wall Street Journal, Entrepreneur Magazine, Money Magazine. Woo, that's a mouthful. And guess what? He's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and lived on a houseboat for two months in Kashmir, India, and toured the country as a part of a rock band. Bill, you're all sorts of interesting, my friend. What else have you done that that is pretty cool that we should know about? (laughs) Oh, gosh. Uh, I love adventure travel. I've camped in the Arctic Circle. My wife and I just uh, rode bicycles across Vietnam not too long ago, and we have a, a bicycle trip coming up to Greece. So lots of adventure, lots of different ways to see countries that a lot of folks don't experience. Well, how long did it take you to ride across Vietnam? Well, I use the term ride across a little loosely. It's a big country, (laughs) long country, I should say. Yeah. Uh, So we rode in the north and then we flew and we rode in the middle and then we rode in the south and into uh, the Mekong Delta yeah. and just rode through the villages and just learned so much about the country. And you see, when you're on a bicycle riding through the country, you see things in a way, a different way than the way you would going through a bus tour or anything like that. So, and got to stop and talk to people and just had a great time. Wow. I love it. Well, listen, I want to talk podcasts here. Uh, Mm -hmm. The other day I was speaking with somebody and they were considering a podcast, but they were freaked out about it. They're a speaker and they weren't really confident about it. They made up a lot of reasons why they needed to wait until they had some things in place before they got a podcast. Why is a podcast a great tool or your recommended tool for professional speakers? Well, I have to say that I was in that person's boat myself for quite some time. It was right before COVID Mm -hmm. and do a podcast. Everybody's doing a podcast. Should I do a podcast? I don't want to do it just because everybody's doing it. I I needed to have a reason. And what happened for me very quickly is I was preparing for a program. I was interviewing some of the attendees as a virtual program. Mm -hmm. And I realized how much I enjoy interviewing people and how much I enjoy learning their best practices and seeing how what they do fit into what I teach. And now I have another example, another story to convey. And I also like learning about things that I'd never thought of. And so I have new ideas to convey. And so that's what made me decide to do the podcast was this idea of relevance. It's made me so much more relevant. There's so many benefits, and we'll talk about those as we go. But the main thing was just to be in touch with my market and my ideal clients and to make my message more valuable. Yeah. So even if nobody listened to the podcast, now luckily we have a lot of listeners, but if nobody did, it would still be worth it to me because of everything I learned through every single interview. So I would say that's the first and foremost thing is this is, as you mentioned earlier, this is your relevance laboratory. This is how you stay relevant. Mm-hmm. I've been at this 30 odd years. And if, if, you know, if I hadn't stayed relevant, I wouldn't be doing it anymore. And that's a challenge for folks who've been in this business for a super long time yeah. is to stay cutting edge and to stay relevant. So the podcast does that for me. Love it. I love it. So we want to talk about revenue at some point, but I want to dig in here just a little bit. When you talk about being relevant, that's uh, not to your book, Radical Relevance here. So when you talk about being relevant with your podcast, even if nobody's listening, what were some of the things that you were doing with your podcast 
in addition to just taking in the knowledge from the guests that you've interviewed? What were you doing with the podcast to help you grow yourself? Yes. Well, I was taking those things in and then putting them into my program Mm. and to my coaching. And so if I'm coaching someone, I can go, I say, go listen to podcast 28, go listen to podcast seven. Here's an example of a guy, of a gal who's doing something similar. So I have this inventory. Now I have over 50, an inventory of 50, over 50 examples Mm. that I can use in coaching and consulting and say, share this with your folks. And here's an answer to that question, how this person did it. All right. So it's making my content better on that side. I'm also using it in my presentations and I have slides and I have the photograph of the person that I interviewed. And I'm saying, this is what Lester did. This is what Diana did. And so now I have these incredible anecdote stories. And so it's not just be me pontificating of the ideas that are good ideas. Yeah. Here's how this person is using it. And here's how this person is using it. And so it becomes real and it's made my speaking better. It's made my audience appreciate my message better because there's just so much more reality built into it. Yeah. And I see how folks are changing what I've teach and giving them nuances to what I teach. So it's just, it's elevated my content. It's elevated my presentations. I hope that's making sense. It absolutely is making sense. I I love the idea of being able to not only use it in your coaching, but popping it in the presentation and you can have on screen the picture of the person and even a QR code that says, hey, go listen to this episode to get this point or get dive deeper into this information that we're sharing here in this in this talk. I love that. So let's look at the revenue end of this just a bit. When I first started podcasting, I found that it was a really good way to have conversations with people who I might not be able to speak to or even get to in regular conversation. How are you using podcasts to generate revenue or get contracts for speaking or otherwise? What's what's your process? Sure. When I was contemplating doing a podcast. I, I talked to other people who did podcasts and I learned there are two main ways, if you will. One is you started out to describe what they call often call the Trojan horse, where mm-hmm. you're interviewing people with whom you'd like to form a relationship. They might become clients down the road or just great influencers for you down the road. Mm-hmm. And so you're getting to know them by interviewing them on your podcast. It's, I found these days, it's still pretty easy to get yeses for interviews. Not everyone will do it, but yeah, a lot of people like to do it. So it's a fairly easy yes to get. And then you start a relationship with those folks. And if you stay in touch softly over some time, you can build a relationship and some of those folks can actually become clients and influencers. Yeah. So that's one way to monetize. Another way to monetize is to get a lot of listeners And through that, some of those folks will be interested in what you have to offer, whether in my case, it's an online academy, coaching, consulting, speaking, different things, right? So again, there are some people who do podcasts, they don't care if they have many listeners because their whole goal is to form relationships with people and then it does it for them. Yeah. And then of course adds to their value and their content, like I already mentioned. What happened for me, that's that's why I got started initially, was to do that. And what happened is we started to get a lot of listeners. Yeah. And I didn't realize that was going to happen. 
I mean, I'm very well niched in the financial services industry. I have a pretty decent reputation there. So I think that's made a difference. And we're now in the top 10% of all podcasts worldwide in terms of listeners. And so we've been able to accomplish both. Wow. So how do we monetize? Well, forming relationships with folks that eventually become clients. I have two sponsors for my podcast and that generates some revenue. And then people listen to my podcast and they reach out to me for either coaching or consulting and training for their organization and occasionally speaking. I can't tell you how many times people have reached out to me and we get on a strategy call and they say, yeah, I've listened to several of your podcasts. Wow. And so now I know that's how it's working because a lot of people don't realize this. When you have a podcast, you can't really tell who's listening. <laughs> you, you, don't, right. you don't get those stats. You can tell how many people. You can tell how long they stay with it. Yeah. You can tell what countries they come from. But you can't really tell who your listeners are. Right. And so this is the anecdotal feedback that I get that turns into dollars for my business. I love that. Now, I want to get to something that you just mentioned. You said that you've got two sponsors. and I want to talk about that a little bit more in detail. But before you get there, you also mentioned the listeners. And I know that there are a lot of listeners or a lot of people who are considering building out a podcast that may have the idea, okay, yep, if I put my podcast on a directory, it's automatically going to get listened to. If I put it on Spotify, people are just going to automatically listen. We both know that that's not the truth or the or the case. What are you doing intentionally to grow your listenership? Sure. Well, every episode we do, ours come out every other week. All right. So every other week we do a blast to our list, our regular email list, mm -hmm. to LinkedIn, to social media, everywhere. So we're letting everyone who is in our world know about the latest episode. In my speaking, as I mentioned earlier, I have slides that refer to different episodes and pot. So that lets everybody know that we have it. Mm -hmm. I have these little nice little postcards printed up that from my speaking engagements that go out on the table and everybody gets one. So they get the address of the podcast. So I really were pulling it into everything that I do. Love it. It's always talked about my signature file. I have a link to it in my email. So it, it's just a piece of what we always do when I'm talking to clients about adding value in a speaking engagement or with my video training, it's also incorporated into that, my online learning program. It's a part of the puzzle. It's a part of the conversation of how can we use the podcast for pre-work, for post-reinforcement. So it, it's incorporated into everything that I do. I love it. Excellent. So let's talk about how we transition that to sponsors. Is that something where people approach you or you deliberately created a pitch for a business or a sponsor, an intention, an intended sponsor? How, how did you do that? Yes. Yeah, so the answer is both. Mm -hmm. The first sponsor I got, I reached out to someone and said, we have the same market we're trying to reach. Here is a way for you to reach those people, would that be worth it to you? Right. And they decided it was. And so by, by being very targeted and being in a niche market, target market, that helps a lot. Right. So you identify the other people who are also trying to reach the people that are listening to your podcast and or are likely listening at least. And so if they wanna reach those people, then they'll sign up. So that's how I got the first sponsor. And they produce a little 
piece that I, in the middle of the podcast, I'll say, let's hear from a word from, you know, the folks who make this podcast possible. Yeah. And then uh, recently I had someone approach me. They learned about me. They learned um, I was rated the number one influencer in the financial services industry by this group called Indigo Marketing. Mm-hmm. I don't really think I am the number one influencer in financial <laughs> services. I think there are a lot of other people who have more followers than me. But I didn't ask for it. I didn't pay for it. I didn't know it was happening. It just came out, right? It wasn't one of those pay-to-play things. Yeah. So I use it. And so a lot of people know about me. And so these people were looking, and they found me, and they said, we want to you know, be on your podcast. We want to sponsor. And so not only do I let them sponsor and pay me a little money for it, we've also done some webinars together because I really like their product service that they offer. I use it myself. Mm-hmm. And so we've created a nice little synergy there yeah. to help each other around that. So that's that's how that came about. You know, some sponsors care about the number of listeners, but it's amazing how many people don't even ask. Wow. Yeah. Uh, how many listeners, which kind of boggles the mind as far as I'm concerned. But uh, I mean, I would want to know how many people I'm reaching roughly each time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think some people think all publicity is good publicity. Just let's, <laughs> let's get whatever we can. Right. So with regard to the sponsors, are we talking about sponsors per episode or do you have sponsors that sponsor you overall? Again, both. Mm-hmm. The, the, the first one I reached out to is, is constant, ongoing, every episode, the whole, I, I kind of call them the podcast sponsor, if you will. And then this other firm mm-hmm. that reached out to me, uh, I'm, they're, they're not sponsoring every episode yet because they haven't quite got into the flow of that. Right. And so now I'm calling them show sponsors. So I have the podcast sponsor and then I have the show sponsor and that's the way I, I play it. And so that one, they, they're going to want to start to do it every show, but I'm way ahead in my recordings. So we got to fit them in and that sort of thing. And, and the way I, that ad is, by the way, is I just do a simple little endorsement. I talk about that. I use the product mm-hmm. and some of my other clients are using the product. So it's a little different than a kind of a canned promo. If anyone's listened to the one of the top podcasts in, in this country, at least, is Smartless, right, with Jason Bateman and some of those guys. Yeah, uh, that's how they do their their promos, their ads for uh, Athletic Greens or whatever. They just talk about a product that they use in a very natural little storytelling, and that's worked very well for my client uh, that sponsors the podcast episode. I love it. Let's talk a little bit about podcast types, because I know people think about maybe one type of podcast, the recorded audio podcast. But these days you've got LinkedIn, you've got YouTube, you've got all of these different platforms where you can do audio podcasts, you can do video podcasts, you can also do recorded versus live live streams. So what are some of the things what if, if you were to guide someone on starting a podcast, where would you have them start? Well, I would first probably say do what's easiest for you to get started yeah right in other words uh don't create this big have to have it all figured out right away kind of thing just get started now in my case i'm doing audio and that's the primary way most people are digesting the podcast we get 70 percent of our listeners do it through apple podcasts Mm -hmm. and then 30 percent to the other platforms. And that's a pretty normal number that podcasters experience. And we do record the video, 
part of it's just to have that communication during the interview, which like you and I are having now, we can see each other. It helps sometimes. Yeah. Then what we do is I put it into an artificial intelligence program that will create little reels, short reels, uh, 60 seconds or less. And it produces about 30 reels. Most of them are crap, but five of them are great. Yeah. And then so we use those reels. And so that's how we use the video in promoting the podcast. So those goes into YouTube reels and Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. So we're using the video in that way. We have just now started taking the full video. I have a guy very inexpensively will clean it up, put a little bumper on the front and the back. And we're going to start to add that to our YouTube channel. It's just another way for people to get it. But, you know, a podcast generally isn't a very visual thing. Right. It's it, right. Unless you're showing pictures or something, it's usually it's an audio thing. So I think even on YouTube, people may play it, but they'll probably just listen to it as they do other things anyway. I love it. So that's the way I've done it. You know, there, there's no right or wrong. It's whatever. It's how your audience wants to digest it. Yeah. You know, do they want it audio? Do they want it video? For the most part, people see podcasts as an audio medium. Fantastic. This is so good. I, I really wish we had time to dive a lot deeper into this, but I really think you've brought value already for professional speakers who need another source or need another space to create even more visibility for themselves. So at the end of every episode or close to the end of the show, we ask our guests to share a question with our audience that they can then answer in our voice mailbox. What's the question that you have for us today, Bill? So I'm going to ask a question and kind of explain what I do at the same time. Yeah. One thing that I've been able to do is interview members of, of an audience that are going to be there for a podcast. And I let the podcast go live right before the conference. And so when people come to the conference, those folks are getting teased or they're getting patted on the back for, hey, great podcast with Bill. It's a pre-engagement. My clients, when I bring this up as an idea, just love it. Yeah, They love the idea that we can do that. So my question is, how can you take this idea of a podcast and what we've talked about? And in addition to the added, you know, the relevance and all that, how can you pair it with your speaking? Mm. How can you take the podcast and add value to your clients who hire you to speak? That's something to think about and contemplate. We'd love to hear the answers. Fantastic. I can already hear some of the gears churning in people's brains on this one. I can't wait to get some of the answers and share those on the on an upcoming episode. All right. So, Bill, where do people get connected with you if they want to learn a little bit more about who you are, what you do? And maybe if you they want to learn a little bit more about podcasting. Sure. I mean, our podcast, first of all, is topadvisorpodcast.com, topadvisorpodcast.com. And then Bill at Referral Coach. I could say Bill Cates at Referral Coach, not Bill Gates, right? Missed it by one letter and two billion dollars. But Bill at referralcoach.com. Shoot me an email. We'd love to hear from you. I'm pretty accessible. Love to chat with folks. Fantastic. This has been amazing. The staging is a change in it used to be that when people heard professional speaker, there was just one visual of a stage. But now there are different stages and platforms that you can use to deliver your message and you can generate revenue on all of them with consistency, persistence and the right guidance. 
So go on out and get some. Find someone who can help you accelerate your process so that you can get to your rightful audience that much quicker. You're somebody's hero, my friend. The world needs you. Somebody's out there waiting for you to help them solve a problem. You know, the one that you solve with your message and your voice. This has been another fantastic episode of Speakernomics, the podcast where you learn more about how to speak, get paid, repeat. See you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.